Welcome to the podcast series, Talking Success, Connecting the Global Fintech Community. I'm Catherine Brassel, and today I'm joined by Wayne Hennessy Barrett, who is the founder and CEO of 4G Capital. 4G Capital are a neobank for Africa, powering micro and small business growth to build economies and generational success. They provide clients the right financial service, the right training, and the right digital solutions for growth for good. Hi, Wayne. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. How has your week been? Well, thank you, uh, Catherine. It's a great pleasure to be here. I'm having a fantastic week. It's only Wednesday, <laughs> but uh, yeah, really, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. Brilliant. And we're very excited to hear a bit more about, obviously, 4G Capital. But more specifically, uh, it would be awesome to hear a bit about your interesting career journey. Um, if you could sort of take us through that and really how you were able to kind of match um, some transferable skills into just a really exciting opportunity uh, in the fintech space, which obviously is 4G Capital. Well, it's it's really humbling to be asked, um, and um, it's very kind of you to have me along. It's it's a very um, atypical journey, I guess, but I don't know what a typical journey looks like. So, I uh, began really. I was um, you know, born uh, fairly uh, internationally, I guess. So I was you know, uh, born in Iran, lived in the United States till a young age, um, then schooled in the UK, university in the UK. And uh, I, I found myself, you know, quite drawn to, I guess, causes of, of, of justice and injustice and what was fair and what was not fair. I was quite an idealistic young man. Um, and so I, I joined the British Army after studying a degree in, in, in politics and international relations, because it was very clear that a lot of the structures of the way the world was working was, you know, they, 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 they still hadn't quite come to an equilibrium the, the Cold War had ended. The Cold War, uh, for, for younger mm. viewers, was um, the period of the standoff, uh, or listeners, I should say, the standoff between the US and the Western Alliance and the Soviet Union and the communist satellites. Mm. And we, we grew up under the shadow of the bomb. And, and so um, the opening up of, of, of what is now Russia um, you know, was, was a miraculous development. Mm. But we also saw countries in, in, in Yugoslavia and elsewhere start to to, to deconstruct and, and the most awful civil wars appear. And so um, it became clear that there still needed to be, um, I guess, interventions to, to try to stop some of these tragedies from happening and stop some of these injustices. So I was drawn toward all that. I found the, the military a very rewarding career, um, gave me everything I wanted, um, went on for longer than I planned. It was 17 years wow. in the end. Um, and so, yeah, I found myself sort of, you know, in Bosnia, Kosovo, Macedonia, um, and then uh, I was an instructor at Sandhurst, which is the British Officer Academy, um, which is an enormous you know, privilege. Um, and then uh, sort of Ministry of Defence jobs and, and sort of policy making, um, and seeing how how government worked and how power networks and and, and formal power structures worked in in, in the public sector. Um, and then um, of course it was 9-11 and so I, I, I served in Iraq and then and then latterly in, in Afghanistan as a company commander. Um, and then ended up as second in command of my, my regiment, the Coldstream Guards, um, which uh, was a great privilege to be part of as well because you're really dealing with the, some of the most extraordinary people in the world. Incredibly courageous, incredibly gifted, incredibly committed. But uh, I, I, I have to you know, be be honest. At at the kind of the end of the um, the military journey, it it was becoming apparent that 
what we're doing um, in in you know, the, the Middle East, particularly, um, it, it wasn't really solving the problems that uh, that that people were facing. Mm. You know, um, that that communities needed access to opportunity, they needed uh, investment, they needed education and mm. knowledge. Um, that a lot of the the really dark behaviors, I mean, the really really dark behaviors uh, that that I, I, I witnessed, and 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 in some cases was part of you know trying to be a solution to end that um you know they come born of desperation and poverty and anger and hatred and ignorance and so if you can if you can counter those things with opportunity and knowledge and hope and love and creativity that actually is is much more of a long-term solution than than bombing people and, and shooting things yeah. um and so so you know there, there will always be a role for the armed forces when 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 all other options are are expended, but but it was time for me to move on, and so I'd been very very fortunate in in learning about people, in learning and seeing people at, at very close quarters under high high levels of pressure, um, and seeing them at their best and sometimes at their worst, and then seeing how organisations function. You know, very small teams, a four man, six man team. You know, uh, in a patrol base. You know, in a small village in Bosnia. Um, you know, I was in charge of through to, um, you know, running, you know, or helping run a, a, a battalion of you know six hundred people, or, or actually overseeing overseas operations with tens of thousands of people deployed as part of a really sophisticated, high quality headquarters with all the most modern technology and all the most sort of uh, instant um, capabilities to hand. So it was an extraordinary sort of journey to to be able to see and, and be part of all these things, and then to. To think, okay, it's time for something new. I, I don't know what I want to do, but I want it to matter. I want to continue to make a difference. I want to be able to provide for my family, and I want to do something I can be proud of. Mm. And so, I left. I left the army, and I spent a, a, a short period of time as a, as a consultant in a very little boutique company in Jersey, in the Channel Islands, where I, I live now with my family. Um, and from from Jersey, I was headhunted by a South African finance firm, who said, "We want you to." Uh, set up a lending operation in, in, in Kenya. And I thought, well, I've never actually been to Africa ever. <laughs> and I never worked in finance. So clearly it was a strong yes. I mean, <laughs> why, would you, why would you not? It's, uh, how hard can it be? Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, you've got to kind of have the get up and go to kind of get up and go, I guess, um, and, and to, to, to put yourself into um, areas of excitement and, and to to kind of, I suppose, reach reach for the opportunities as they arise, but also manage those risks. So, so I, I was incredibly lucky. I was able to begin a business from from grassroots and and set up in Kenya. Um, began in January 2013, and um, absolutely fell in love with Africa. Fell in love with Kenya. Fell in love with you know, financial inclusion, which is you know, the, the the new uh, discipline I found myself coming into really from from, from ground zero. And, um, you know, build an operation that, you know, within nine months was, you know, cash flow positive. Um, 18 months later, I led a management buyout. Um, 24 months later, raised some external capital. And we've been growing really, you know, at almost 100% year-on-year growth wow. ever since then. And it's just been uh, an absolute roller coaster, a really wild ride, but huge fun. And... And I know it's a, it's a word I use again and again, but it, it is an absolute privilege mm. um, to be this lucky to have a life which has unfolded and, and given me the opportunity to do something 
not just one thing, but a number of things which I've really loved and really been able to kind of apply myself to. And I guess, you know, maybe see some small result as a result. No, that's awesome. And I mean, you know, you've spoken about all the success that 4G Capitals had, uh, particularly with achieving, you know, for example, sort of um, consistently high collection rates. What would you say has been attributed to a lot of that success you've seen? Well, I guess, um, I guess I'm, you know, uh, maybe underselling the, the the luck thing as well. Luck, uh, one of my favorite expressions is um, by a Roman writer, Seneca. Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. You know, I guess my time, um, you know, working uh, in, in in the armed forces had given me a number of transferable skills, which I was able to apply from. Um, you know, the outset to to quite high, you know, theoretically quite high risk situations. So I'd not been to Africa, but I had been to, you know, all the other places I'd mentioned. And I, I, I knew that, um, you know, you could get the best out of people generally by treating them with respect, by being humble, by having a clear plan, by communicating clearly, but also, you know, not um, putting yourself into a position of vulnerability, letting people know that you meant business when you mean business and and that you reward good behavior yeah. and that you'll protect yourself against bad behavior. So that's not a bad uh, baseline to start with. And then knowing how uh, to design and to build an operation. And so to come up with a plan, uh, start with a timeline, like we're taught, uh, be clear about your objectives, um, selection and maintenance of the aim, um, don't be uh, dictatorial, be collegiate, you know, make sure that your team are bought into what you're doing, um, really uh, find and retain the best caliber people you can um, and, and let them fly and be free, but, but also keep that you know, closeness of accountability, you to them and them to you. So all those sort of transferable things, I think, um, and together with, with, I guess, my own sort of uh, restlessness, at um, how we can do better as a species, we can do better <laughs> as a human race. Yeah, you know, we don't have to be poor. We don't have to trash the planet. We don't have to fight. You know, we're better than this. Yeah. Um, but it's not going to happen on its own. If you sort of sit around waiting for governments to solve the problem for you, it's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, you've got to get up yourself. Um, you know, with creativity and with passion and with determination, um, but also with a, a really clear win-win mindset. So that kind of, I guess, the, the, I, I always loved and related to my customers from the beginning, from the absolute beginning. Yeah. You know, our customers are the self-employed, um, uh, largely female, informal market traders of sub-Saharan Africa. They're the ladies and the men that you see lining the roads whenever you drive anywhere, drive anywhere in Africa, selling fruit and veg tiny little market stalls selling clothes um selling general goods um you know they'll fix your phone they they'll be running a cyber cafe they'll have a small bakery they'll be seamstresses who are building or making school uniforms um and they are incredibly resilient they are incredibly positive they are tough as old boots mm. uh, and they are always smiling and they're always striving for a better life for their children and for themselves and they have pride and dignity and resilience and i absolutely love them and they are underserved and underrepresented and all too often not very well treated by um their surrounding environments because they aren't beset with lots of wealth and they don't have uh, a huge um sort of collective voice and so if 
they can be given the wherewithal to succeed, you know, working capital and enterprise knowledge to grow their businesses and to put their kids through school so that they can be doctors, um, lawyers, professionals, entrepreneurs, innovators, then then suddenly you're you're creating a kind of magic where, you know, I'm aligned with them because I want the same things for my kids. Um, and and suddenly we're doing something together, you know, and, and that, um, I guess that that kind of sense of mission and purpose um, was always in the DNA of the company. Um, but, you know, it, it's not just about me doing this. It's about a team that believe in this. You know, my, my, my wife is my co-founder in the business as well. She's the chief of staff. Uh, I'm the CEO. She joined the company after I'd set it up having been a very successful um, entrepreneur in her own right and the head of medical training for the United Nations in Africa. So whilst I was sort of beavering away on spreadsheets, she was off to Mogadishu in South Sudan delivering first aid training with a bunch of ex-special wow. forces medics. And I thought, this is a bit of a role reversal. Hang on a minute. I'm, I'm going to be the... I'm the I'm the I'm the badass one going off uh, into the field, and you're the one who's sort of you know looking after half and home. And it was uh, very much a role reversal. Mm-hmm. So I was sort of doing the school run whilst um, you know she was dodging suicide bombs and things like that. Wow. But um, you know, as we used to say, if you can't take a joke, you shouldn't have joined. And uh, all these experiences give you a much much um, richer outlook on life and 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 stuff you can bring to the party to answer your question. You know what's behind the success of 4G Capital. Um, Discipline, systems, processes, but an absolute laser focus on the mission. And um, I know you you spoke a bit about um, you know you're trying you know you're uplifting these small entrepreneurs and 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 you guys are very much embedded in the community in Kenya. Um, you know how are four G Capital providing financial literacy and supporting uh, you know these these ladies and these entrepreneurs? Um, if you could talk us through a bit of that. Money is all around us, and we think about it more than almost every other aspect of our lives. But how can we make more of it, and what's our drive for building wealth beyond just the numbers in our bank account? Join us on the Make More podcast as our host Matt Heslin brings to you a dynamic lineup of experts in the world of investing, business, health, and beyond. Together, they unpack the secrets to not just surviving, but thriving in today's economy. It's about more than just wealth. It's about crafting life experiences, seizing opportunities, and building a legacy. Subscribe now to the Make More with Matt Heslin podcast and join us every week for new expert insights and inspiration. Yes, Kenya and Uganda. And Uganda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Uganda is super important as well. Uh, we've got great plans for Uganda, particularly next next year. So... Um, so we're we're very fortunate. We're you know we are a fintech. We are you know the neo bank for Africa. So we are building and evolving digital banking services, digital lending services to propel small business growth. So the the business training is delivered through a combination of channels. Uh, we have, in addition to the the tech channel that I, I mentioned, we do like people. We do uh, use a hybrid model. So we've got relationship officers who are in the field. I think we're in about 105 locations now across uh, Kenya and Uganda. I, I lose track of it week to week <laughs> because we're growing again. Mm. You know, we're just you know dropping teams uh, everywhere, but it's um, it is it is fantastic. But so those relationship managers, relationship officers, not only provide kind of a private banking experience to 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 these entrepreneurial clients where 
we understand their business. They have somebody to speak to. Uh, we can work together through good times and through bad times. And we've got really good line of sight of, 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 of what's going on. But they also um, act as business mentors. And so they can deliver small, uh, short, uh, digestible lessons face-to-face um, using uh, you know, the tablets and the content that we create. But uh, more scalably, we can also um, give our clients access to training content you know, via our YouTube channel um, or through tweets uh, or through social media. And so we're always building and evolving um, the, 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 the library of lessons, um, making it more specific to their needs, tailoring it not just for the people who struggle, but also the super high performers. Um, so that's a really exciting you know, and really important part of what the company does. And um, tell me a bit more about 4G Capital's um, expansion plans. I know you obviously mentioned Uganda. Um, how are you kind of scaling things up? And, and what does that look like uh, in the next sort of, I would say, year, couple of years? And, and also, how does that sort of tie in also with your sustainability mandate? Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, um we, you know, we're, we're we're on the march. We're growing. We've we've been profitable for a while, which is a great position to be in. Um, you know, that 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 is kind of the key word of sustainability. You know, is mm-hmm. the business model um, self sustaining, or do you continuously need capital to to just keep going? And we're very fortunate. We we got the unit economics right very early on, and so we're able to grow organically. And now we're looking to really accelerate that growth through technology. So we're looking at growing in Kenya, growing in Uganda, because these wonderful markets are growing in population terms Mm. at at a very high rate. Um, And that means lots of people who need to be entrepreneurs to serve their communities, to feed their communities. Um, and so that that's an obvious opportunity zone. But uh, we are looking at developing more products to serve our existing clients and, of course, to meet the needs of more clients. So, so that kind of growth in multiple directions. And then, of course, we're looking at other countries in Africa um, where, where there's a need, which is you know, most of them, actually. But we, we have to be disciplined and, and look mm. at um, you know, where will there be a, the fastest sort of product market fit. So we're looking at, at West and North Africa um, in the coming sort of 18, 24 months. That's exciting. But you know, when, when, you, when you look at what we do and how we do it, um, and the the I guess the the validation that we've managed to achieve in, in what you know can be quite challenging environments. I, I I'm really clear in my mind that this is not just an African company. This is an emerging markets company. We have a solution that can power entrepreneurial growth from the grassroots, really worldwide. And as the fintech revolution continues to to to, to evolve. Um, you know, we we will have more methods of uh, incorporating novel payment means and legacy existing banking or, or or payment rails, and really, I think playing an important role in 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 driving this entrepreneurial growth um, in in a much much bigger way. And 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 the excitement you know just grows as the size of the challenge mm. becomes apparent. I think the the the, the global finance gap 
for micro and small medium enterprises is it's something insane. It's something like about five trillion dollars from the last World Bank report. Wow. I saw. I might I might I might I might be off by a trillion or two. <laughs> but you know, it, it's it's it wow. is it is a, an extraordinary amount of you know of of funding that is needed to um you know meet the needs for, for small business growth because there are all these fantastic men and women around the world who've got the wherewithal to buy and sell and and generate you know uh, incomes but but their, their businesses you know are starved of working capital mm. and you know and it's no good beating up the banks because you know the banks have a duty to look after the savings of their customers yeah. so they're not really meant to be doing high risk capital lending you know if they're also looking after um, the savings of of, of 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 people. So so there's a real you know role for for, for people like 4G Capital to work with banks mm. in countries where we can take uh, some of the surpluses on their balance sheet. We can deploy it into really effective, well tailored micro SME loan facilities um, that are stewarded using a combination of of really high caliber people. And, and amazing artificial intelligence, algorithmic credit scoring, um, and continues to deliver the kind of you know ninety five percent collection rates which we historically have achieved, um, you know which is a much lower uh, NPL rate than a conventional retail bank, um, because we've got this laser focus of doing one thing really really well. Mm. So so I think there's an extraordinary um, extraordinary landscape of opportunity mm. here to address but the way to do it you know like everything is is incrementally in a disciplined way building block by building block um not trying to do it all at once you know learn the lessons from from people who've maybe grown a little bit too quickly before mm. they've got their profitability under control um you know don't cut corners with compliance don't cut corners with regulation you know we, we see the regulators as absolute allies they're mm. like the they're like the uh, the referee in a boxing match. <laughs> you know, they're there to keep the whole, you know, to keep everything in the square. And and without that, there's a free for all. So we're very supportive of of regulatory frameworks um, and of central banks because you know they're trying to grow the whole economy. They're not just trying to look after one corner of it. So so that's really important as well. Yeah, I mean that's amazing. And I mean we do wish you all the success with, you know, especially sort of bridge that financial gap. And like you say, there's just so much opportunity, you know, not just on the African continent, but, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, there's plenty of, uh, like you mentioned, how many trillion, <laughs> um, you know, to help these entrepreneurs and and especially at the, at the grassroots level that you are kind of working from. Yeah, I mean, completely. Yeah, so we're very excited to kind of watch uh, 4G Capital and 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 see you guys grow uh, over the next um, probably the next six to twelve months at the very least. And uh, <laughs> and um, and thank you so much today, Wayne, for joining us. Um, tell me if anyone wants to reach out to you directly and get hold of you, what is the best way for them to catch you? Oh, gee. Um, I mean, LinkedIn's always there, isn't it? Mm. Um, uh, our website's got a contact email address, we say, um, and uh, we, 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 we service those with inquiries you know, pretty pretty rapidly. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, you know, we're, we we are we are looking for partners to scale with. We provide you know, this last mile distribution finance. Um, we help you know big companies like Procter Gamble and you know, Diageo and its subsidiaries move from cash on delivery to retail credit 
So any distributor in Kenya or Uganda, please reach out. Um, we, we are here to help you boost your sales. Um, and similarly, you know, West Africa, you know, Ghana, Nigeria, Egypt, um, you know, these, these are the places we're looking to go and, and how we can help um, value chains grow by, by bringing our tech and our credit services to, mm-hmm. to, to retail activities. So yeah, our website's probably the best place to go, but, but LinkedIn also. Brilliant. Thank you so much for your time, Wayne, and best of luck. And we will definitely speak soon. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you for listening to this week's episode, Talking Success, connecting the global fintech community. Please follow us on LinkedIn under Talent in the Cloud, or if you're interested in exec talent, expanding your fintech team, or you yourself are looking for an exciting change in your career, please check out our website, talentinthecloud.io.